Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I woke up at 5 a.m. Put on my camouflage. Wiped off my 243 and fired up my Dodge. Headed out to my old deer stand back in the pine. Good evening, everyone. Jim Strader here in the studio, fresh and alert for hour number two of Jim Strader Outdoors. If you're just joining us, we're doing open lines tonight, talking about any and everything outdoors, from deer to crappie to fish to conservation to the flooding, uh, any and all things outdoors. Numbers, of course, 571-8484 or one 800 Four 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 eighty four, eighty four, and in that regard, let's go to Ryan. Ryan, thank you for holding through break, partner. What do you got for us? Thanks for taking my call, Jim. I got two or three things for you. If I don't forget, sometimes I forget. <laughs> I'm getting old, buddy. I understand uh, that first, symptom. <laughs> first thing, brother, is uh, uh, you got to, as far as I understand, you got the longest running radio show in the state, and Kentucky Field has got the longest running uh, TV show. Now, is that statewide or is that nationwide? Uh, I couldn't tell you about nationwide, but I've been on the air here for either 38 or 39 years, best of my memory, which has been quite a run. I've been in various you know, capacities here at the station. I think the only person that's here that's been perhaps on the air as long as I have, but it's a different venue, uh, would be uh, – our sportscaster, Paul. Okay. Paul Rogers? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Well, you know who trained him, don't you? Got no idea. <laughs> Haywood Ledford. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. I've done broadcasts with Kaywood up up in Lexington, and, and uh, my radio career actually goes back further than that. I was with the Kentucky Network. Uh, uh, you, know, you know who the first guy that interviewed, Muhammad Ali? Uh, no. Kaywood Ledford. Kaywood. Well, I'm not. Uh, here's sure. the hunting and fishing question. Well, let let me put an ad in there, if I may, okay. in addition to that, because I'd be remiss in my obligations to not thank two people that were directly responsible for me being here at WHAS, and I'm eternally indebted to them. One of them, of course, is Van Vance. Oh um, yeah, great guy. Uh, and studying under Van, being on the programs with him, I initially was a feature of 
Sports Talk with Van. And that morphed into the second person I'd like to thank, and that's the late, great Bob Shearer, who was the uh, head honcho here at WHAS during that period. And Bob recognized uh, the value in outdoor programming, obviously thought I was the right guy to, to step into that position and offered me my own show, and it's been a fantastic Was he on TV, too? Uh, no, sir. Okay. No, he was he was uh, general manager here at WHAS oh, during that okay. period. I got you. I got you. Well, some stuff I didn't know. You learn something every day, right? We're uh, never too old to learn. Exactly. Uh, the fishing and hunting is uh, Chad Miles, you know, the, the, the newer guy, the young guy that does uh, Kentucky Field. They were on there hunting one night, and they were – Hunting quail and, uh, let's see, I don't know if it was a game preserve. They kept talking about Jefferson County, but I couldn't remember the place. And they hunted quail and they hunted, uh, grouse. Uh, there were some rabbits. And I, I don't know if you know the name of the place, but they, they brought up Jefferson County two or three times. And it's been a while back, but it hadn't really been that long, maybe three or four months ago or something like that. Do you know anything about that? No, sir, I don't. I didn't see that episode, and, and I'm not really sure where they were hunting, so I'm, I'm not much help on that one. Right. Okay. I had another one. I think I done forgot which one uh, what it was. <laughs> I bet if I hold very long, I forget. I call it sports radio talk shows, you know, and talk to all them guys. I'm pretty good in sports, but uh, yeah, Jim. Yeah, I, I remember now. When you're 65, you get a lifetime uh, fishing and hunting license. Am I right? Well, you have to pay five dollars to get it, and they're getting ready to increase that to twelve. Lifetime, right? Uh, no, it's it's a yearly basis deal. Oh, okay. I misunderstood. I thought you. I thought it was lifetime. No, sir. You hear everything, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> I understand. I, I, I love your show. I mean, uh, I used to go hunting with my dad. My dad did pass here uh, Monday. He was uh, ninety-two, almost ninety-three. He was a World War Two veteran, and uh, he was bedridden, and I was his primary care- caregiver. And uh, we had hospitals come in and help, and they did a wonderful job. But uh, here's the story on him, if you got a minute. Well, first, hey, let me thank him for his service to our country and to you for taking care of him in his old age. Go ahead. Thank you, uh, Jim. Uh, and I'm sorry to hear his passage. Okay. I appreciate that, Jim. Uh, he, uh, they drafted him in World War II, and he hurt his back on a farm. He grew up in the Depression era. He had a slip disc and flat feet. Well, they deferred him, uh, you know, and then about a year later, they called him back. Well, when they called him back, when he went over, the war was about over. If he would have went in the first time, he would have been on that beach up in Germany. I don't know which one he was infantry. So the good Lord was watching over him, but I thought you'd want to hear that. I appreciate it, and again, I'm... Sorry to hear about your loss, Ryan. If you think you hear the question, call us back. We're here. Okay. Thanks a lot, Jim. Yes, Bye. sir. Let's talk to Jeff, who's calling from Ohio. Yes, Jeff, you're up. Hey, I appreciate the call. Just wanted to say before I have a question, I appreciate your show. I'm in my 30s. Uh, my dad, uh, he actually passed away a couple years ago, and he always instilled, you know, good hunting and fishing, mostly fishing with me, but just good quality time. Um, I've been in, involved with big brothers and big sisters. And, you know, kids today can have all the games they want, video games, technology, but nothing. And I can repeat this, 110%, nothing uh, replaces the quality time with a loved one, uh, whether friends.
your example uh, with knowledge and answering people's questions, and I think uh, a lot of people gain a lot of knowledge from that to pass on to their to their children. And uh, just wanted to give you props for that. Well, thank you, um, Jeff. I deeply appreciate it. I I enjoy your comment about it being one of the best things that can happen to anybody. It teaches patience and persistence and awareness of your surroundings, appreciation for God's creations, uh, appreciation for meat you can put on the table that's as clean and, and nutritious as anything out there. And so it's it's a good deal all the way around from where I sit. I can promise you that. Definitely, definitely. And I, did, I didn't at all. This is not a political question. This is not like a gun debate. But I've heard people say, and I'm not really too involved in it. I don't own an AR-15. I don't own an AK-47 or semi-automatic. But they always say that you can't hunt with these rifles. People don't hunt with these rifles. But I assume that you can. And if you can with these certain rifles, which I assume some people do, what kind of game is best for those types? type of rifles uh and i'll I'll go i'll get off the phone and let you speak well people can and do hunt with them they come in various calibers and you can hunt anything from uh smaller game like uh groundhogs or or, uh coyotes things like that all the way up through deer and uh, wild hogs Um, they're used quite a bit more than people realize and and there's a lot of misconception about what those guns can and cannot do. Um, we refer to them in the industry as black guns uh, because they do look different and, and have some characteristics that the other don't have, but they're not fully automatic. They're semi-automatic, just like other hunting rifles. Um, by that, I mean you pull a trigger, you get a bullet. You have to pull the trigger, you need to get another bullet to follow. It's not, you know, press the trigger and brrr, like a fully automatic weapon and... Where I sit on that is uh, the thugs have got them. I want them uh, for self-defense, for other purposes. They're, I think, very, very good self-defense weapon. Uh, God forbid our grid would go down and we'd lose our electric power from a EMB type of bomb. You better believe you'd want your hands on one of those. The chaos that would ensue and your ability to protect your home and family would become paramount and those things are very well suited to that and that's my thoughts on it for what it's worth all right we got michael holden from indiana michael we'll be to you right after break the numbers 571-8484-1800-444-8484 this break is presented by mossy oak properties heart realty paul thomas is the broker They're not only a brokerage firm, they'll help you obtain financing in the right situations. they got vacation cabins, wildlife management properties, and farms for sale. They'll be glad to list your property. They have a real big need right now for properties uh, because they got a lot of clients looking for properties to purchase. So if you're looking to sell, they're the right folks for that as well. Check them out, mophartrealty.com. Welcome back to Jim Strader Outdoors. Open lines tonight, folks. We want to talk about what you want to talk about. Numbers 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. We got Michael, John, and Frank here on hold. Michael, you were first up from Indiana. Yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, 
lives. I heard you talking earlier about the, uh, the lakes and the water coming up and the river and so forth. And uh, I was down to Nolan on Tuesday, and uh, water temperature was 53 or 4. And uh, bass, white bass, black bass, Kentuckys were all active, and they were all coming up because some of what we were catching had no color at all. And other ones were really nicely colored like they've been up for a little while. Uh, since then, the lake's come up about 18 or 19 feet. So <laughs> That's kind of what, what I was Tuesday thinking, partner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to go Tuesday again, but I won't be going to Nolan. I've been watching all the lakes around Kentucky and Indiana and, and uh, Cumberland's. Uh, the last four or five days have been going down three or four or five inches a day. Now, today it come up about a foot. No surprise after that rain went through. But it didn't park down there. It just kind of went through. So I'm thinking it won't be just blown out. And it's about, I think it's about four or five feet above summer pool right now. So I'm going to run down there one day this week and see if I can do any good. But, uh, no, outside of that, all all the other lakes are up about 20 feet. So, yes, sir. I'm, and I'm not I'm sure they're muddy. A uh, couple quick questions for you, if you don't mind. You s- mentioned yeah. Cumberland is above summer pool, or did you mean winter pool? No, I'm in a summer pool. I'll be darned. Okay, I didn't realize it was that high. Yeah, there's a website that you can go, and they update um, – you can get all the all the lakes in Kentucky or Indiana that you can go, and they update every few hours, and they tell you what the winter pool should be, summer pool, what the difference has been since yesterday, which is midnight. Okay, what's and the name of that site? It's called LakeLevels.info. Lake Levels is all one word. Okay, all right, great. Info. Another quick question. Go ahead. Sure. No, go ahead. Another quick question. What were you catching fish on? Do you mind sharing that with us? I don't mind. I was uh, started out throwing a little, just a shallow running little crankbait, crawfish color. And I basically was back up in the back ends of coves and creeks where water was coming in because the water was starting to clear up in the back. Yes, sir. And the water, water temperature was, in the clear water was about 50, 49. Out in the muddy water, it was about 53 or 4. And it was kind of a, an area there where it was kind of in between, you know, mm-hmm. not a real mud line, but kind of a murky area, and that's where they seemed to be at. And then uh, also caught some, believe it or not, on a jerk bait. And uh, uh, what was the other bait I was throwing? Oh, um, number five shad rat. Okay. No. So so basically that's all. And and I had. I had a real good day for numbers. I, the biggest thing I caught was about 17 inches, and I might have caught four or five that were keepers. I think keeper down there is 15. Of course, I don't keep anything, but but uh, I caught lots and lots of fish. It was a fun day, um, but and I was hoping the water wouldn't be too bad when I went back there this week. <laughs> I could see that's not going to happen, so I guess, I, like I said, I think uh, Cumberland's been the most stable. They came up about five or six feet back when they had that rain a few weeks ago in a hurry, and it got real bad. And then, uh, but in the last week or so, it's kind of stabilized, and it's a little over summer pool, and it's starting to come back down until today, and it's up almost a foot since midnight today. I see. Um, so, so I think that's probably where I'm going to go on the main lake, and I'm I'm not going to put in before daylight because the 
uh, got to be a lot of stuff floating, and I don't want to tear my boat up or get hurt either. That's a prudent that's a course of action, Michael, and I, I appreciate your report. I, the reason I asked you about those baits, the uh, that shad wrap in particular is a search-and-destroy bait for me. You can pretty well find out a lot about how active fish are in a hurry with that bait. And then at those 50-degree yeah. temperatures you're mentioning are very conducive to, to good activity. And with all this rainwater we've had, when it's been warm, I, I look for those to climb. So as we get things more manageable, the fish ought to be real, real active in March, I think. Well, if I have a good day when I go down to Cumberland, I'll call you back. If you don't hear from me, you'll know I didn't do any good. Very good. I appreciate the call. Let's go to Frank, who has a question about clover. Yes, Frank. Uh, yes, Mr. Trader. Uh, I'm going to sow a food plot for deer as soon as it gets dry enough. But what kind of clover would you sow? Uh, the Lodino is, is very, very good. And you might want to consider mixing a little medium red in there uh, because okay. it, it's got real good leaf uh, growth and grows faster and, and tends to augment the Ladino, but go a little light on the medium red uh, on your on your seeding rates. You got to kind of you know balance that out. But uh, if you sow that in March, it'll be really rolling by the time we get to the middle latter part of April. If you do it as soon as you can get out there. Okay. Well, thank you for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir, Frank. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Frank, who's calling from Louisville. Yes, Frank. Or I'm sorry, John. Jim, I have a question. Uh, I am a senior person, a senior fisherman, uh, 85, and I've been fishing for a long time. But uh, unfortunately, my most of my fishing buddies have passed on. And uh, my wife, uh, she raises quite a bit of cane when I go by myself. And so my question is, Jim, do you? Ha- I'm looking for fishing buddies, and I uh, was wondering if that there was a uh, a club just for seniors of fishermen that uh, would be here locally. You know, I don't know right off the top of my head, John, but I tell you what you could do. Uh, the League of Kentucky Sportsmen is composed of a lot of different types of sportsmen, fishermen and hunters, and, you know, they run the gamut from crappie to bass fishermen to deer and quail and duck and dove and those kind of hunters. Uh, I'd suggest you get on their website and tell folks, you know, where you're from here in Louisville and see if there isn't another senior in a similar situation. I understand your dilemma very, very well. Through the years, I've lost a lot of hunting and fishing partners, and it puts you kind of behind an eight ball. But that would be a good suggestion. You could call uh, Fish and Wildlife and see if they know of any clubs in the Louisville area that are close to us. The only one that comes to my mind is Trout Unlimited, and uh, they obviously are mostly about trout, but a lot of their members fish for other species as well, so you might want to do that. Those be my well, suggestions. Okay, John. I, I've got to go to break here, partner. That's great. Thank you so much for the info. Yes, sir. I appreciate you calling. We got to go to break here. It's presented by SMI Marine, eleven four hundred Westport Road. They got all kind of 
used boats in 2017 still on sale, and they'll take great care of you. It's time to get your boat ready for spring if you hadn't already done so. Remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI Marine. Welcome back to Jim Strainer Outdoors. We're rocking into the second part of our number two. Again, we're doing open lines tonight, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. I'd like to put a shout-out for John, uh, the gentleman that called that's looking for a fishing partner. He's, I believe he said, 85 years of age and uh, his wife's concerned about him being out and about by himself. Uh, there may be some clubs in the area that uh, would be good contacts for him. I'd love if any of you have ideas about how we could help that gentleman. If you call tonight, I'm hopefully John's still listening, and I'd be glad to enable you to pass that information forward to him. The numbers again to call. And give us that information would be five seven one eighty four eighty four or one eight hundred four 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 eighty four eighty four. Again, Trout Unlimited's the biggest fishing club uh, in the area that that I'm aware of, and there are several sportsmen's clubs uh, around the region that are under the auspices of the League of Kentucky Sportsmen, uh, Long Run Sportsmen's Club is a good example of that. And there may be some guys at long run that uh, uh, would be glad to pair up with you, John. That's one you might look up. It's Long Run Sportsman's Club. Um, I'm not sure if they have a website or not. Uh, my neighbor and great friend for many, many years, Jim Zaring, was one of the real stalwart original members or or old time I will say members of that club for many many years and and um they've got a a good number of folks in there and, and uh so if you'll check those things out I, you what's the old saying you turn over enough rocks you're going to find something under one of them so <laughs> those are some suggestions from here but if any of you listeners out there know of a club or have a a way of uh reaching out and helping John I'd really appreciate it if you'd call us again the numbers Five seven one eighty four eighty four or one eight hundred four 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 eighty four eighty four. You know the breaks are a good time for me to reflect upon some of the things that we talked about tonight and add some additional information. The gentleman that called about sowing clover, um, I want to remind him it's very very important for young clover, especially that's. Uh, going to be sprouting in March and into April for it to have the proper fertilization and pH in the soil. If you've not tested the soil in those fields, I would encourage you to do so. Apply the appropriate amount of lime and fertilizer so that as that clover comes to bloom, it'll have every chance to invigorate itself with a good root system and, and be able to produce the kind of results that you would like to expect. In that regard, if you've not already limed that field, uh, I would encourage you to use pelletized lime this season because it will get into the soil and enable the plants to obtain the nutrients from the fertilizer much, much quicker than regular ag lime. Ag lime takes months 
to dissipate into the soil and and do the things that are necessary for the plants to get what they need. You could add ag lime later or switch to it next winter um, as you fertilize on the next go-around. But on an initial plot, if you've not already limed and or fertilized it, those would definitely be my suggestions that I would make to you. Um, I talked in the first hour about minerals for the deer, and again, we're entering the period in March where they're really going to need it. It enables them to digest the rich green foods that they're going to have available to them. They're already turning to many of those food sources now. The amount of warm rainfall we've had and the warm nights that we've had here in the last week or so have really got a lot of plants invigorated and ready to roll and deer when they start to transition to those rich green foods tend to get the scours of diarrhea because they haven't had that in their diet for a while and those mineral salts help them balance their system and get the proper nutrition out of what they are eating so uh, you need to be thinking about that another thing i wanted to pass along i mentioned it in the first hour but i want to mention it again now and this one's really peculiar to me, ticks are out. Uh, We rabbit hunted last week, and two of us had ticks on us after the hunt, which blew me away because there had been snow on the ground about three days before that. But they are out. I've had several of my outdoor friends have ticks uh, crawling on them here in the last part of this warm weather coming out, and they're in that subsurface uh, strata under the leaves and, and uh, forest duff, if you will. And when it gets this warm, they start moving around. So they're uh, they're out there, and you need to take that into account, whether you're shed hunting or maybe fishing the bank of a, a lake or watershed where there's uh, ticks present. I would encourage you to be ready for them because they're, they're out. And they're nasty little critters that spread a lot of really, really bad diseases. So word to the wise, I hope is sufficient on that subject. Um, I talked a little bit in the first hour about a lot of signals that winter is is on its way out in a rapid fashion. Again, I'm kind of scared that things might get too far ahead and then we'll have some severe cold snaps that could really hurt some of the uh, vegetation that's that's starting to, to green up. But be that as may, some of the things you anglers in particular probably should be thinking about because it's the signal, if you will, that it's time to fish. And I'm talking about amphibians and uh, crawfish, night crawlers, earthworms. They're all active now. Most of you who have access to areas where you've got marsh-like habitat or small ponds have probably been hearing the spring peepers uh, calling at dusk and and through the night. They're in the process of going through their breeding rituals. They're one of the first amphibians to get active on the break from cold weather, and they're one of the signals, again, that fish are starting to move. They're cold-blooded like fish. They're they're a weird little critter. They can survive – freezing temperatures as low as eight degrees below zero. They have the ability to snap back from being frozen 
to able to operate and get around. It's it's really a kind of a odd circumstance. So uh, they're one of the signals. Crawfish are active now and starting to emerge, which of course are an unbelievably good source of protein for bass and other uh, game fish. And the salamanders are starting to move. And the salamanders are a really important source of protein. Those those things uh, are a lot more important to a fish as a food item than most people would ever think. Let's go to James, who's calling in and has a question about ticks. Yes, James. Hey, uh, Jim, uh, thanks for taking my question. Some of us sometimes get out of the boat and get on the bank, and uh, you've been mentioning ticks. What do you use? Well, uh, I use uh, a product that Cabela's makes, uh, but permethrin is the uh, ingredient in things. There's Duranone, there's Permanone. Cabela's, again, has their own type of tick repellent. Uh, it's it's back in the camping section, and it works extremely well. Now, you don't want it on your skin. It's, it is a carcinogen, i.e., can cause cancer. So what you'd want to do is spray your clothing, you know, prior to going out. I like to spray my clothes the night before to let it dry, and it stays in your clothing for days on end. It's very, very effective, and if a tick were to crawl on you, it'll actually kill it. So um, it's Uh, it's the best and only deterrent that's foolproof that I'm aware of. Okay, appreciate it. Back in uh, Cabela's uh, camping section. Yes, sir. If it's not back there, you can ask them out in regular sporting goods, but as I recall, I bought Mine back in the camping session. Just tell them you need tick repellent, and they'll, they'll know what it is. It's in a yellow can. Okay. And to the uh, young man that, that needs a fishing partner? Yes, sir. He might want to call the American Legion and see if we got any guys that uh, that uh, maybe can go with him. You know, that's another good idea. I hadn't thought of that. That's a age group and a, a good yeah. patriotic, uh, kind-hearted bunch of people, and I'm sure some of those – Gentlemen, fish, so that's a good idea, James. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's a great suggestion. All right, folks, we got to go to break here. The number is 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. This break is presented by SMI Marine. It's time to get your boat ready for fishing. They're the guys that can help you do it. they got a great staff over there. They've also got a lot of used boats that they took in on Trinity. They've got some 2017s that are priced right that need to go out the door. And they got all kinds of Legend Bass boats, Starcraft pontoons, and Express aluminum boats, several of which are great for you crappie, panfish, and catfish fishermen. SMI Marine, check them out at smimarine.com or SMI Marine on Facebook. And remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI. Welcome back to Jim Strader Outdoors. Again, open lines, 571-8484-1-800-444-8484. We've got uh, Chip up next as a wildlife question. Yes, Chip. Hey, Mr. Strader. Thank you for your time. Um, I have a question for you. I have a property, a little over 150 acres, and it's surrounded by some water. It's got cedar thickets on it. It's got some old uh, tobacco fields on it, and I'm just curious how you would go about making a game plan for managing it for some wildlife. Well, the cedar thickets are probably going to provide real good uh, 
shelter for deer, turkeys, and a lot of other critters. Are the cedars old age structure or a fairly uh, young uh, type of cedar? Is it real dense or is it open understory under them? Uh, it is a little bit of an open understory under them. I'd say they're probably about uh, 20 to 30 years old. Okay. I'd recommend going light on, on trimming any of them out. The tobacco fields you're talking about have probably had a lot of fertilization in lime uh, in years past and would probably be great targets for uh, food plots if you uh, want to just do one mainstay that will take uh, critters through most of the year. It's hard to beat clover. Um, again, I'd have it checked uh, through your uh, government office to see about the need for lime and fertilizer, but you're right on the money on the time to get that done. And, again, I'd encourage you to use uh, pelletized lime since you're just starting the project so the fertilizer has the ability to give it the nutrients. And then how many open areas do you have? Do you have several tobacco patches, or what is it one big field? What is it? No, there's uh, down by the creeks, there's two on each side. Um and uh, they're probably one's probably twenty acres, one's probably forty. Oh my! And then it, it then goes up to a, a knoll, and that's the the cedars are kind of on the knoll. And then up top, it's there was no cattle farm, so it's it's probably fescue up there. And I was curious about um, what to do for for birds. Okay, when you say birds, just birds in oh. general, or. Uh, well, like quail or, you know, sporting birds. I see. Well, they all like clover seed, and, and uh, it does very, very well for them. If you can grow it and you have the tools to grow it, it's hard to beat alfalfa um, as an alternative in one of those fields for the clover. It's a little more maintenance-heavy, uh, if you will, but it's not real, real bad. And, and boy, deer and turkey and quail love to eat the seeds from alfalfa and it's it's uh very very nutritious and most importantly it does real well during the late summer period when other stuff tends to dwindle on its nutritional value alfalfa has really deep roots and tends to stay nutritious in late july and august to you know in those stress periods and then for the winter rotation you may consider keeping those fields kind of half and half uh lengthwise uh I think length is more important in a food plot than width, generally speaking. But by that, I mean a long, uh, narrow strip's better than a square one. Uh, it spreads the animals out more, and they just seem to be more attracted to it. And uh, winter wheat and rye in combination uh, with maybe some Austrian winter pea would be great next to sowing there next fall. So those are some... Well, suggestions i got and it wouldn't hurt with the fescue you can either eradicate it and put that in some type of food or perhaps consider letting that area uh grow up it'll you know start to be taken over by briar and a lot of other things depending on the soil type you have there but if you allow the weeds to come up in those areas and then just mow it when you need to keep young trees out of it that won't make it difficult for you to mow about every third year you can mow something like that and it makes a great habitat for all kind of songbirds and critters like that 
Well, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate your show very much, and I hope that young man that called looking for a fishing partner finds one soon. I do, too. That touched my heart. You know, a guy that's that age and still has the desire to go, he's a special guy, and I, I'm like you. I'm sure he'll find someone. And uh, John, if you're still listening, if you do, please call and tell us because – we're giving you about the best suggestions we got. Thank you, Chip. Only, only one I thought of was the Derby City Fly Fishers might have some people for Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. All righty. Thank you. Yes, sir. Let's go to Dan, who has a bass fishing question. Yes, Dan. Hey, Jim. I enjoy your show. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I had a question about um, uh, white bass uh, fishing uh, in, like, in the uh, Salt River and the, maybe the headwaters and the tailwaters of uh, Taylorsville Lake. I don't have any experience uh, d- with that. And uh, when would be the best time to to fish for uh, white bass? Uh, I've heard, and I can't remember if it's the spring or the fall, where sometimes they get really active and you can just really, really slay them. Um, well, when, when's the best time to do that? The best time is, is during that spring spawning run, and it'll take off when the water temperature hits 60 degrees okay. and the tributaries uh, warm up you know, pretty rapidly because they're shallower and get the warm runoff water, and they tend to be real active on the dark phase and full phase of the moon. And the moon's right now, it's dark phase about in the middle of March, and then the the full moon will be the end of March, right at the 1st of April. And you can pretty well bet in most years that last week of March, first two weeks of April, there's going to be a run of white bass and those types of fish into the tributaries. Okay, and uh, what would be good to to use, like uh, curly tail grubs? uh, Curly... Curly tails are good. Small shad wraps are good. Um, uh, little fishies, which is a little uh, plastic swim bait, are real, real good. And uh, uh, spinners are really good at times. Uh, you know, there's various types of those, but the uh, just a white spinner, straight shafted spinner of the various types. Where rooster tails are one of my favorites, but uh, they'll all get it done, so... Yeah. Hope that helps you, Dan. Don't wait for real clear water. It could be murky if the, if if the moon's right and the temperature's right. They're going to be there. Okay. All, All right, right, sir. I appreciate, it. folks. That's an end to it for this evening. I appreciate you being out there. God bless everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.